Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel. You know that the partnership game is not easy, but it is beautiful. If you find you're struggling with attracting or maintaining partnerships, go to speakingofpartnership.com right now, click on the big red tell me more button, and start creating your ideal partnership today. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. I am super excited about today's show as every one of our guests from this week has provided us with bonus material. This is what we call Follow Your Yes Friday. In the 20 years that I've been doing research and working with partners and, and, and relationships and men and women, one of the things that I've found missing in many partnerships is, well, we tend to forget or maybe we just neglect to follow our intuition or what I call our yes, that gut feeling that tells us, here's what your next step is. Instead, what happens is we we tend to be in our partnerships and we're operating solely from our head. We're analyzing everything. We're disregarding just what our gut's telling. Sometimes we do pay attention. We we recognize that yes, that, that instinct, and we start to follow it. But here's the trick. We tend to not really own it. We don't defend it. We don't we don't set our boundaries with conviction. And this results in us abandoning our yes. We ultimately end up proceeding in our partnerships based on somebody else's yes. They put theirs on the table and we just go, oh yeah, that's good. And we go with theirs. What we're going to look at today, I've asked every one of our guests about their yes. Not just when they followed their yes, but also when they haven't. What happened when they didn't follow their yes? They didn't follow that gut feeling that said, oh, this is what you need to do next, and instead went strictly off their intellect and their analyzer and said, nope, nope, that doesn't pencil. I'm going to keep on this path. We've got information from every single guest that you heard this week that's going to help you understand the power of following your yes. Now, here we go. Greg Lee and Antonia Van Becker, founders of Self Health Institute, shared a story of a time when they did not follow their yes. And it ended up taking a real toll on their bodies and well-being. Well, Antonia, Greg, thank you so much for the incredible interview we did earlier. And, and, and I want to ask if you would help us with one other thing. And what that is, is helping us really illustrate the importance of following our yes when it comes to partnership. And, you know, our yes is like that internal guidance, that intuition. And what I'm going to have you do is just share a brief story of a time when, let's start with when you did not follow your yes. Maybe in that moment, yeah, didn't really realize you had one. <laughs> but when you look yeah. back, you're like, okay, that was really clear. My gut was telling me what to do. I paid no attention. Tell us what happened and what was the end result. And we can start with either one of you. Yeah, I think, I think I'll start. Okay. Um, you know, it was clear to me when I was in my teens that uh, one of my gifts was touching people and being able to figure out what they needed and how to heal or help them heal and let go of pain. And, and uh, I didn't have to think about it. It was just, I just knew what to do. 
And as I went through and got some training in massage and, and uh, started doing massage, but I didn't really have a plan. Uh, I had a vision. Uh, I remember at our wedding, my, uh, we also both play music. And my, I, I did a, a piano performance major in college. And my piano instructor was at the wedding. And he said, Greg, so what are you going to do? And I just flat out knew exactly. I said, I'm doing music and massage. And that's what I did for a number of years. But in my late 20s, we started thinking about having a family. And, and I was kind of struggling with how to make money doing those things. Imagine that. And um, I, I strayed. I, I started to do things. You know, I started doing uh network marketing stuff and I get excited about things and I was trying to make a big pile of money. And then, uh, I actually went in, that's when I started a corporate job working at a music software company, which was, you know, a passion of mine was music and technology, but it wasn't hitting the nail right on the head. I wasn't doing massage consistently anymore. And so it was, uh, many years later, like nine years later, my body started to really object and through that nine years, I had a lot of back problems, a lot of really pretty deep pain. And uh, that whole thing led to having a great boss who was really a jerk, who uh, finally said, you know, Greg, I, I don't think you're right doing the right thing. And he didn't say it quite that nicely. He said more like uh, your services will no longer be needed. And I thought I was kind of the rock star of the company. I was doing sales for this music software company. I'd save them quarterly. Uh, but it wasn't my thing. And uh, a, a, about a, two years before that experience of, of being fired from this job that you know I, I kind of liked, but I didn't really like that much, mm -hmm. uh, I got very sick. Yeah. And it was kind of the, the guiding light of, yeah, this isn't the right stuff. And that really led to uh, finding and getting back into this healing work and it just as as soon as as soon as that guy led me out the door, everything started to fall in place. It was a beautiful thing, but it took, uh, you know, going through nine years of of not following my intuition of what was really best for me. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, great example. I think many of our listeners, including myself, <laughs> have gone down that path in the corporate world or in that career path. What about you, Antonia? Yeah, it's so interesting. Uh, kind of a, a similar trajectory, at, but mine was a little more around the self-care or the complete non-self-care, knowing, uh, or actually I didn't even know. I wasn't paying attention to my body or anything that uh, my intuition was telling me, and I just in my corporate job and in life, I just kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And I, I didn't sleep very much. I just worked, you know, 40, 50, 60 hours a week. You know, we had the kids and doing everything with that and working all the time and traveling for work. And every time I'd be, I just didn't even listen to my body saying, I'm tired, sit down. It, it, wasn't it was barely present in my mind even though I knew I was exhausted and I kept getting sick I would get pneumonia and bronchitis and 
I would get irritable bowel from being stressed out from being exhausted. And I refused to pay attention to it until one day I was raking leaves and I got, I was pregnant and on antibiotics for, uh, for having bronchitis already. And I was like, no, I got to rake leaves. I got to get this done. I'm eight and a half months pregnant. I got to get everything done. I got to go to work tomorrow. And I got a blister and the next day I woke up and I'm like, oh, that doesn't feel good. And by the time I got to the doctor for the appointment I had for the bronchitis, I had a red line going up my arm. Mm. And I realized at that point that I needed to start paying attention because I was endangering not only my own health, but the health of my unborn baby. And that that's, was just crossing the line for me. Yeah, and you know what I... I really want to draw attention to something that, that was part of both of your stories is for those listening, you don't have to wait until your body absolutely shuts you down. <laughs> right? That would be great. That would be good. Pay attention to the little stuff along the way because I promise you there were lots of indicators along the way. But absolutely. we just shut them down. We don't want to listen. No, that can't be right. I got to keep pushing. And you won't win that battle. Exactly. You will not. There's no way. Eventually, the world will shut you down. I had a woman I worked with once who literally told me that it, and I was kind of introducing, like, you know, what gets people to do this work. And I, I just said, you know, sometimes it takes something big, like a car accident or, you know, a life-threatening illness or a divorce or, you know, all kinds of stuff. And she goes, how did you know that about me? <laughs> and I said, what? And she goes, I just totaled my car last week. That I've got some kind of illness. Nobody can figure out what it is. They think it's terminal. Um, her husband and her were getting divorced. And he was going to jail for tax evasion. And she oh. may very well go to jail because she didn't know what he was doing with the books. Oh. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, you're a little more stubborn than most people. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> right? The universe has been banging on your head going, wake up, wake up, wake up. And you weren't. And we've all done it. So just know if you get little indicators, don't act like they're little indicators. Exactly. Why wait for yeah. the big one? They're all Pay the same attention. message. Exactly. Listen so, to your body. Listen to your intuition. Yeah. So let's turn this around. Let's let's actually look at a time when you had a clear yes. And this time, not only did you recognize it, but you followed it. Tell us that story. Yeah, I, I love this story. And where it came from, uh, Antonia and I, Antonia at first had a, a business coach who was a prosperity coach, and she was all about financial stewardship. And she led us over time in a very uh, sweet uh, uh, way to um, a service at a unity congregation, which is a non-denominational mm -hmm. faith-based uh, congregation. And we were there at the beginning of the year and they were doing uh, goal planning and we participated over four weeks. We went each Sunday for four weeks and it was uh, it was very cool and it ended up that the vision, the dream that I had created and written down ended up on a poster that they created which was what you perceive and believe you can achieve was in big letters and then right where the and is underneath it was what I had written, which was create an album of songs that Antonia and I 
perform around the world to inspire people to create vision and realize their dreams. The whole thing with Antonia's name, it was the only name on the whole poster. And it was, uh, it set the tone. We had uh, moved in 2000 into a four generation household with seven people. And in the 80s and 90s, we wrote uh, many, many songs that we'd produce and create demos of. And from the time we moved in in 2000, I hadn't written a song. I had two or three in process, but hadn't finished any. And that was in 2008, I think, when we went to that goal planning four Sundays in a row. And it took a number of years. So it took like, I think about six years. And uh, I said to Antonia one night, you know, I think I should go to this open mic for the West Coast Songwriters Association. And she said, yeah, why don't you go tonight? And it was happening that night. And I was like, okay, I'll go. And I'm thinking, I'm just going to go and hang out and watch. Well, it happened to be the regional finals for uh, songwriters who, you know, had competed in this open mic over a six-month period. And at that was one of the judges was a songwriting coach. He was actually a world-renowned songwriting coach. And it ended up that he lives 10 miles away from us. I met him that night. He said, why don't we do a consultation? I'll just listen to some of your songs. We set that up. And then I studied with him for three and a half years. And Antonia came into that after about six months and we studied with him. And we've now written four great songs. And for him to say those songs are good is really a lot. So it's like our dream of creating this album to inspire others to create vision and realize their dreams is our dream. And we're able to wrap that into our business. They're inspirational songs that we play at our events and that we share with others. So we've, I figure we have another four songs to go. Eight would be a really nice round number. <laughs> so that's the dream and process. And it's just, uh, I feel totally blessed to be on that path. That is super cool. I love that story. Oh. I I was trying to, I just had a flash of a different story, but I think... Follow your yes. Follow your yes. (laughs) Okay, I'll give you the older story. One of them was about building our business as it was today and following our passion Mm -hmm. to, uh, you know, help people heal themselves. But I think a kind of a a monumental one uh, happened actually back when I was at the end of my corporate job back in the night at the end of the nineties. And I had had a vision in this healing session when we went to uh, the person that became our healing mentor. And I had a vision the first time I went to see her and I was like, Oh my God, it was so impactful. And it was about I didn't know actually it was about a woman and I had this big vision and it really was heartbreaking what I saw. And I went home and I just could not get that vision out of my mind. And so I started writing and I wrote and wrote and wrote and I got curious and started using some of the tools that we use in our business and started using muscle testing to find out, well, when did that vision take place? Oh, the 13th century? Oh, okay. Where did it take place in the world? And got a big map and, you know, pinpointed, oh, Ireland. 
and just kept and wrote. I was writing and writing because I had a music major as well, a vocal performance, but I also had an English major and I loved to write. And so I just kept writing and writing. I got 100 pages, I got 200 pages. And then I'm all of a sudden, we're like, oh my gosh, it's in Ireland, I need to go to Ireland. And so we're like, okay, let's go to Ireland. And we figured out, I'm muscle testing on the map, where should we go? And we go, okay, get don't go to Dublin, Go. we got a car, we were there, we're like, where should we go? We're looking for where this book is set. Mm-hmm. And we had we were driving all over the place, and we go across the Shannon River into the west of Ireland, and I'm all of a sudden getting very nervous and wringing my hands in the car, and I'm like, oh no, the, oh, something's wrong, something's wrong. We have to go back across the river. And we went back across the river, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel so much better. And then we're driving around again, and we're like, where is this? What are we doing? What what are we doing anyway? We're like, okay, okay, go down here, go down here. And all of a sudden, Greg is like, go down, we're going down here. And he pulls a sharp left, and he goes down this road, and he's like, this is it. And I'm like, this is it. And I get out of the car, and I start walking around, and all of a sudden, we're in the place where I've already written about. Mm-hmm. And there's ancient apple trees that I wrote about as newly planted. And there's a remnants, ruins of a castle that was from that time. And just looking around and going, oh my gosh, we found it, was we were guided the entire way. We had other adventures before we got to that place in Ireland that kept saying, you are on you are on the right path. You are moving towards this. And then finding that place that I had already written about and described. I think that was the biggest time when, you know, that was following intuition. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> And I, I, what I love about that is, you know, we hear those kind of stories and we're like, oh, sure, these big things. But that happens every day if we let it. Right. Yes. There's guidance all the time. Like, oh, do I want to eat right now? Do I need to do this? Because we're, exactly. we're driven by so many shoulds. But shoulds yes. aren't, aren't from the inside. They're from the outside. And so when Absolutely. we go, oh, well, if I hear a should, that's not mine. What actually resonates for me right now? Turn here, do this. There's a parking spot over there. I mean, there's all kinds of different things. So great, great examples. Uh, I love what you guys shared. And, you know, thank you for for sharing those very personal stories, because obviously this helps us better understand what the payoff is in following that yes and what the consequence is of not following it. So thank you so very, very much for sharing these super helpful stories. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. What an inspiration. Thank you. Niaje Wallace, coach and motivational speaker, shared with us that when you follow your yes, everything falls into place beautifully and you're able to show up for the world at your full potential. Well, Niaje, I, again, I want to thank you for the tremendous interview that we got a chance to do here recently. And I, I want to ask you if you would you know, help us with one other thing. And, and here on, on the, the Follow Your Yes show, we, we really focus on you know, the power and the impact of paying attention to our internal guidance, what I call our yes. And where I'd love to start is if you'd share with us an example of a time, you know, what it's like to not 
follow your yes. You know, sometimes in that moment, we don't even realize we have a yes. But <laughs> we look back and we're like, oh my gosh, my gut was telling me exactly what to do. And I, I still didn't do it. Like, tell us about that experience. Yeah, one of the things that I would recommend to the listeners is to really check in and understand who you are, what you want, what your desires are, and who holding on to your identity. And I think one of the most powerful things to do is to quiet the noise. Right now we have social media, we're comparing ourselves, we're asking our friends and our family for advice and feedback when people can only give you feedback from their level of understanding and their experiences. And then also comparing ourselves on social media, other people's relationships and business and lives, it distorts who we are, what we want, and what we are about. It distorts our desires. So one of the things that I realized is when I, before I started meditating, I recently just became obsessed with meditating on a regular basis. But before I meditated, it would be so much chaos in my brain because, you know, this person thinks I should do this and I feel like I should do this, but this person says this and this person's in a relationship. So maybe I should listen to their advice and this person's been married for this many years. So maybe I should listen to their advice. It is complete madness when you allow all of the influences of the world in your head. So taking time to quiet your mind, and that can look different for everyone. I like to meditate. You can exercise and run because sometimes running helps you clear your mind. I know some men like to fish, but a, a way that you can quiet the noise and get back to your desires at your core. And I think it's really important that we hold on to our desires, our passions, our visions, and hold on to our identity. A lot of times people get into relationships and they lose themselves. So quieting the noise and staying true to who you are and what you want is really powerful. And I personally do that through meditation. Yeah, that's that's a great point. So let's do this. Let's flip this around. So obviously you've been doing this work and you've gotten more connected to that internal guidance. What's what's a moment in time where you have that clear yes and not only did you recognize it, but you followed it? I would say when I decided to sell my brick and mortar business, I had a moment. I'm a really upbeat, happy person. I wake up typically like ready to take on the world. And I had one day where I did not want to get out of bed. And that's when I knew like I have to make a change. And so sometimes people get in this monotony or like this routine and, and become mechanical. Like I have to get up and I have to go. But what I chose to do is check in and say, okay, why am I feeling this way? Where did I lose my way as far as living intentionally and, and following a path that felt good to me and how can I redirect that? And so I, prior to me staying focused on like my desires and what I want, I became burnt out. I became unhappy. I wasn't taking time for self-care. And that, that led to me not wanting to get out of the bed one day. And so I said, you know what? I have to focus on filling my cup. I mentioned that earlier. Mm -hmm. Filling my cup. And if I don't feel good, I'm not going to be a good business owner. I'm not going to be a good boss. I'm not going to be great to my clients if I don't feel good. So I had to figure out what is going to make me feel good. And everyone, I had a thriving business. Everyone thought I was absolutely insane for selling my business and moving. I moved to Florida. I sold my business and moved to Florida. But 
looking back in hindsight, I made the best decision for me. And a lot of people didn't understand it, but if they see my life now, you know, I live, I live in Florida, I work from my laptop, so I'm 100% remote, I can travel wherever I want. I have a business that I'm madly passionate about, and I mean, I, I work from my laptop, half of the time I'm like at the pool, because I have a rooftop pool that has Wi-Fi, and so if I look back now, even though that decision was hard and a lot of people didn't understand it, I knew it was best for me because now I can give my clients 100%. I can give all of my projects 100% because my cup is full. And I just think that it's really important for people to hold on to their desires and their visions and follow that. You know, I, I, I love what you said there because I, I'm reflecting back on when we actually met in person uh, in February. And the instant you walked into the room, I can still remember it. Big room, there's always people coming in. And there was like this, no question, this woman is like thrilled with her life. Like absolutely <laughs> loves what she's doing, taking ownership of it, really living fully. And people are like, oh yeah, well that'd be nice, but other people have responsibilities or whatever. It's like, no, you can do that at any place in your life. It's a matter of paying attention to your yes. Now, here's one of the things that happens culturally. There's this belief that if we say yes, or I'm sorry, if we say no to someone, that's rude, that's inconsiderate. Like if somebody said, I need you to do this, and you said, well, no, I can't really do that. That's rude. You can't do that. You have to take everything. You always have to say yes. But here's what happens. When you say yes to something that isn't in alignment with you, you're saying no to yourself. Uh -huh. So if you're afraid of saying no, why are you okay with saying it to yourself instead of to somebody else when it doesn't serve either party? We've got to get comfortable with, as I say it, no is the new yes. When you go, that doesn't work for me, and you actually own that and say no to it, you're saying yes to yourself. Uh -huh. So the more you can keep building that muscle, the more that you're owning what's right for you, what's in alignment. and. For everybody listening, you can hear the energy in her voice. Like, <laughs> this woman is like that day and night. She's awesome. She shows up with so much radiance, so much power. You're just drawn to that. You want to find out what's going on. You want to engage with this person. This is how your life can be. It doesn't matter who you are, how old you are, or anything else that you've decided is a limiter. When you own this for yourself, it transforms the entire experience of every single day. And I've seen this with countless people. Nyaji is a tremendous example of that. And know that every single one of us has that inside of us. But it starts with saying yes to all those things, not just the big ones like selling your business, the little ones like, do I answer this text? The day-to-day, -day, that's the ones that really add up. So you got to keep paying attention to your yes. Pay attention to that internal guidance. As one of my friends says, follow the energy. If it feels like that's going to feed you, great, do it. If it feels like that's going to drain you, don't do it. Mm -hmm. You're actually serving the world better when you do that. Because guess what? When you're doing something that doesn't serve you, that means somebody that that thing would have served doesn't get to do it. So it's actually taking from the person that would have been in alignment with. So keep exploring this for everybody listening. Just check in today, all day. Keep going, what's my yes? What's my yes? Because the goal in life is to go from yes to yes to yes to yes. 
instead of yes to no to maybe to maybe to no to no to maybe oh here's a yes that's drudgery just keep going yes to yes to yes and know that you don't know the whole series you never will you have to trust the next one and when you get to the next one it reveals where the next yes is but nobody there is no map that's going to show you the entire route you have to trust it in the moment oh this is my yes do i want to eat yes do i need to eat this yes it can be that simple. That's a great place to practice. So notice this, because what Nyajay was talking about, there's so many societal and cultural and, and family and relatives and all this stuff that's got their own input. And they're offering the best they have. But you still have to discern for yourself. So thank you, Nyajay, for sharing those. Absolutely fabulous. It's been a great treat having you here on the show. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. That was beautiful. I love everything you just said. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you to all my guests for sharing their stories of the benefits of following their yes. And for you listening, I invite you to take what you just heard about the importance of following your yes and apply it to what you heard this week on the show. Chances are there was something that clicked for you when you were listening to our interviews this week. What I invite you to do is to implement it. It doesn't matter if it's changing a behavior or a belief you've been operating from. Maybe it's looking into one of the resources or books that our guests recommended. Whatever your yes was from the material you heard from our guests this week, take it and act on it. And if you missed any of the interviews this week, simply go to speakingofpartnership.com and enter the guest name in the search bar. It'll take you directly to the recording of their interview, you can view their show notes and find all the links to the resources they mentioned. Follow Your Yes Friday is all about you taking the next two days and applying something that you learned on the show this week. Follow up on something that caught your attention, where you thought, man, this is good. This, this could really make a difference in my life. Whatever that yes was, this is your compass telling you this is your best path. So follow it. From all of us here at Speaking of Partnership, we invite you to take your yes and take action on it today. Peace. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. I release a brand new episode every Monday through Friday, so make sure you don't miss a single show. Go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher and iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else, either in person or on the web. Have a great day, and remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.